Hi guys, this is Maddie editing this episode. I wanted to give you a heads up that we had some technical difficulties towards the end of my convo with Abby. So the episode ends super abruptly because I didn't know a more graceful way to kind of go about it with the very little editing knowledge that I have. So bear with me on that. I didn't want it to be a jump scare for you, but don't worry. We talked a lot, so there's still plenty of goodness to listen to. Um, I had so much fun chatting with Abby. She's so, so, so cool. We talked about her religious deconstruction journey, which is kind of um, a lot of what she talks about on TikTok. And then we dove into some self-confidence and social media chit chat. So I think there's something, something in here for everyone. Make sure to check out Abby on TikTok and Instagram. I have her socials linked in the show notes and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Parched Car Combos. I'm Maddie Mitchell, and I'm your host today and always because, well, this is, quite frankly, my podcast. Except today, I am joined with a very, very special guest who I'm so excited to have on the pod. We have Abby benson Schwally. Did I say your name right? You did. Okay, perfect. It's so fun to say. You have such a fun <laughs> name. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, I have been following Abby on TikTok for a minute now and um then we became mutuals and I'm just like so obsessed with her and so I'm so excited to have her on the podcast and a lot of you guys were excited about it too so Abby hi how are you hi I'm really excited to be here I'm literally so honored that you would like ask me to be on your podcast stop you are like, like literally a- so honored no you're a literal ray of sunshine and every single time you come up on my free page I'm like oh my god it's a good day it's a good day. Don't I get to see stop. what Abby's You're wearing so on her walks. Like, this is perfect. I feel like I'm right there with you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. You're so sweet. No, but seriously, I do want to thank you for having oh, me on. It's very sweet. I think, you know, you know this. Like, being on TikTok, sometimes you're just, like, talking into your dumb little mm-hmm. phone, and you forget mm-hmm. that there are people on the other side, you know, of the phone. Totally. And so it's just nice that we can make a connection outside no, of our dumb is. little phones. And I like because there's so many people on TikTok that like we follow each other and we've been following each other for a while and like comment on each other's things. And I'm like, I just it seems like a missed opportunity if I don't like talk to you. You know what I mean? It's like I want to have real conversations with these people because like I followed you because you're cool and like I like what you're talking about and I liked your content. And so it's like we might as well might as well, might as well chat. We literally might as well chat. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited you're here. Do you want to give people a quick spiel if they haven't seen you on TikTok? What kind of content are you making? Where are you at? Who who are you? Who is Abby? Who is Abby? So I live in Nashville. And I would say I don't really have like a niche. I feel like that's the thing that they tell people online. Like you need to have your niche. Like you mm-hmm. literally don't. I post about walking. I post about my husband. I posted about being in grad school. I post my outfits. I like, if it could be made into content, like mama trust, it's getting made into content. Like literally just. Completely relate. Right. So I would just say, you know, if you've never heard of me or seen me before, I'm not shocked. I'm a nobody. Um, (laughs) literally not shocked she's she's humble (laughs) I just I I keep my little corner of the internet it's fun it's happy it's sweet and Mm -hmm. that's how I like it you know Mm -hmm. no I I I love that and I do think your content is have have people ever commented this I get this comment sometimes and it is like the the biggest compliment when people are like it feels like you're on FaceTime with a friend 
like watching your TikToks. That's how I feel when I'm watching your TikToks. You're like, so this is what I'm wearing on my walk today. I'm like, okay, girl, like, no. show me. <laughs> stop. That's the biggest compliment. That's, it, that's what we it? all like. That's mm-hmm. what we all want is just to exactly. feel like, oh my gosh, like someone is interacting with this content in the exact way that I want them to. It's mm-hmm. the best, it's the best compliment. No, you're so right. It is. It's, it's so fun. So yeah, you should definitely check out Abby on TikTok if you haven't already. Um, so yeah, so let's start by doing our peak and valley of the week. I'm so excited because you're the first guest I've had on since I introduced this segment. So you're the <gasps> first other person. So, and I'm sure people are so sick of hearing my peak and valley of the week. Cause I just come unprepared. I literally am like, okay, my peak of the week is, and then I sit here for like 15 minutes <laughs> trying to think what happened to me this week. I, I never have any idea. Um, but I'll, I'll do my peak and then we can do your peak and then we'll do our valleys. So amazing. My peak of the week was I got to see my best friend this weekend. She was home from New York um, and it was her sister's grad party. So it was like a whole family affair and it was just so much fun. It was on Saturday and it was beautiful here on Saturday and we just had a, we had a great time. And then I went to the beach yesterday because it was beautiful. So I just had, I had a pretty good weekend. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, yeah, no complaints. It's like, you know, the weather has been just like so weird. I think everywhere kind of this summer yes. has been like, and so, and I'm like a person who's like my entire day <laughs> relies on the weather being good. And so no, it, literally. Was, it was perfect this weekend. So I was in just a fabulous mood. Wait, that's you? a really sweet one. Um, I know that you sent me these questions before, <laughs> but I didn't really re- like take the time to look at them. Um, okay. So my peak, my peak, my peak, my peak. Okay. I know what my peak is. My Tell peak me. is the other night, um, John, my husband and I mm-hmm. were going to Sonic and I, like after Sonic, I was like, you know, let's just like drive around for a sec. Let's mm-hmm. just like take a look at these houses. Mm-hmm. And I found my like new favorite house. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, if you do this, oh, but 100%. I love yeah, like I just love having like an aspirational house that mm-hmm. I just drive by and I'm like, no, that's the one that I'm going to live in one day. <laughs> yes. And so I found my new one okay. the other day um, mm-hmm. and I feel really good about it. Like rocking chairs in the front. Okay. White brick. Like it was that everything That sounds you beautiful. beautiful. Exactly. So I found my new hyperfixation house. I would say that's my peak. Oh. I love that for you. Yeah. There's, um, there's a drive that I go on pretty frequently and it's like down by the beach and it's just like these actual mansions that like overlook the water and such a, it's just like, as a very like quintessential new England summer. Like it's giving, you know, mm. coastal grandmother in like a very no, I can rich, literally in a, imagine in a rich way. And it's just like the best street to drive down because I'm like, this is so, this will be me one day. Like for sure. Literally, 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 literally. I love it. I love it. And I also, do you have like, do you have fun? Do you have streets that you'd love to drive down? Not even because they're like there's pretty houses on them, but just like in general, there's a few streets near me that I'm like, oh, this is like one of my favorite streets for no reason. No, for literally no reason. No, no reason. It's like something about it. I'm just like cruising. I'm like, this is so fun. I love the street. No, it's like you would have thought that I literally had just gotten my license the way <laughs> I still like to go on like joy drives. Oh my God. Same, same. I feel like it's I'm 16. Yeah, no, literally. And me being like, mom, are you sure you have everything for dinner? Are you sure I don't need to like run out and grab something real quick? Like it no. was giving any reason to try to drive. And I'm still mm-hmm. in that era. Like I never left, you know? No, same. I think it's probably no. also like 
post COVID, it's like, we actually have places to go now. So like, that's so <laughs> no, exciting literally. to like get in your car and be like, yes, like we have somewhere to go. It's so exciting. No, seriously, but, no one can take away my joy for driving. <laughs> literally no. no one. It is, it is like, except I always think about this. Um, I don't know if you're, if you want to have kids or if you're planning on having kids, but I always think, cause my oh, mom, yes. when I was younger, she would always be like, Oh, like, I just, I like, don't feel like driving there. Not okay. My mom's going to listen to this and, th- and be like, why do you pay me out to be a horrible mother? She wouldn't, <laughs> she wouldn't not drive me places, but she would just like, be like, Oh, like you'll get it one day that you like, just don't feel like driving. And I always think, Oh my God, I wonder if like when I have kids one day, if I'll be like, Oh, I just don't, I, cause it, cause it becomes a chore and it's like, you have to drive everyone everywhere. So I wonder if at one point, it'll die. But as of right now, we love driving and we're going to, no, we're going to stay in that era. No, literally. Okay. You know, that actually makes me think of now we're just talking about Kiki. Um, that makes me think of like, you know, like when you're young and now it's like obviously turned into a meme of like, we have food at home. Like when you're mm-hmm. with your mom mm-hmm. and she's like, can we eat? like, please mm-hmm. give me McDonald's. And mm-hmm. your mom's like, we have food at home. I will literally be like on my knees, begging, pleading, like, mama you want mcdonald's like when i had kids baby you want mcdonald's like (laughs) we'll go like we'll literally go like you don't have to beg like i'll beg for my kids to beg for mcdonald's you know same same no i love that we're gonna be a great generation of mothers Mm -hmm. i just i i already know it um literally okay my valley of the week this is so sad not really don't don't worry i'm not gonna like bring the mood down i yesterday yesterday I attempted so I've been dairy free for like a couple months now because it just like was not working for me and being dairy free is like fine 85 percent of the time and then like 15 percent of the time I'm like oh my god give me a block of cheese and so right so yesterday I attempted to make like the you know like the spicy vodka pasta that's like TikTok made it famous like a couple years ago, oh, yes. like during oh, yes. COVID. So obviously I'm obsessed with that. And um, so is my brother. And he's going back to college in like a week. And that was like his thing. He's like, you need to make this for me before I leave. And I was like, okay, oh. great. <laughs> no, it's not sweet. He just was like using me for food. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he... Um, I was like, oh, this is great. It'll be a great opportunity for me to try and see if I can make a dairy-free version of this, which... In case anyone listening has never made this recipe, it is like a cup of heavy cream. That's like the main ingredient and also like a ton of Parmesan cheese. So I was like, okay. It's just like dairy with noodles on the side. No, it literally is. It's like a cup of milk essentially on dairy. Yeah. I mean, on pasta. So I, um, I was like Googling, couldn't find an actual recipe that was like dairy free for this like specific type of pasta. And I was I was really getting annoyed. And then someone was like, oh, you should just make cashew cream. Cashew cream is a substitute for heavy cream. And I was like, okay, that sounds suspicious, but like count me in. And so I had to like soak cashews in hot water for like two hours. So this was like, I mean, not that I was like sitting there staring at it, but kind of a time consuming process. And then I had to like blend it up. And that was like, that was the cashew cream. And so, and I went I and I got- I know like what I'm imagining is like, literally like Kim K and that Western wear, like the prairie dresses. Like that's literally what I'm imagining you for you right now. Yeah. Like making my cashew cream and my like neutral. <laughs> literally. Like, like, um, <laughs> and so I'm like looking at it and I tasted the cashew cream and guess what it tastes like? Cashew cashews. Cream. It tastes right. like cashews. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, I'm not sure this is going to go well with this spicy vodka pasta. 
we'll see though. Like I'm taking this woman on TikTok's word for it. And, and I had seen, I had seen people like, cause I, then I, I was scrolling TikTok. I went down like a cashew cream hole, of course. And everyone was like, it's a great substitute for like heavy cream or for like anything like that. So I was like, okay, if these people are saying it, it must be true. So I make the entire like tomato part of it. Like I fry off the tomato paste that have the garlic and the onion and everything. I go to put the cashew cream in. I put the, also I went to put the vodka in and um, it calls for a third cup of vodka. I don't, I don't know if I'm like developing late stage dyslexia or what. I put in three quarters cup of vodka. It was, and as I was doing, I was like, this seems like a lot. Like this is a ton of vodka. And I poured so it literally. in. It instantly, it like is like singeing my nose because it no. was like, it was, it smelled toxic in my home. And then I pour in this godforsaken cashew cream and I'm stirring it up and I'm just like, mm. I'm not loving the look of this. And I, I tested it. First of all, all it tasted like was vodka. And then the aftertaste was cashews. And then that aftertaste was like a hint of tomato. And I'm like, oh, I cannot in good conscience eat this or serve this to my brother. Or serve it. No. So I, I ended up sending him to the store to get, in fact, heavy cream and to, and to get regular Parmesan cheese. And I just gave up. And I was like, that's fine. I will eat heavy cream pasta tonight and I and I will move on. And I did. And I will say it was phenomenal because the second time around, it had so much dairy and also the correct amount of vodka, which is really, really key. Mm. And it was great. So it, it kind of was it was a valley and a peak kind of. So in, I was gonna say, what I'm hearing is two peaks. It, it kind of was. Yeah. It just like sucked. Cause I was like so much energy going into like, and I was like, this is going to be great. I'm finally going to have a beautiful dairy-free pasta recipe. No, that didn't happen. So anyone at home, if you're trying to make cashew cream, um, don't do that. <laughs> just, just avoid it at all costs. So true. That's actually crazy. Yeah, it was not, it was not fun, but anyways, what's the worst thing that happened to you this week? Like, how do I choose? Um, I'm I'm honestly kind of stuck between two right now. Okay. And they're kind of both winning. So can I say two? Of course, there's no rules. Um, so the very first one, I'll say because I'm just looking at it. Mm-hmm. I got this new flavor of sparkling water. Okay. Because honestly, like not to be dramatic, but I could hear the bitch. Can I cuss? Yeah. Okay. I could <laughs> I could hear the bitch from the next aisle over at Target going on and on about this flavor of sparkling water for the listeners at home it mm-hmm. is a cherry cola sparkling water Ooh. and literally from the aisle over like I'm in the chip aisle and I hear this woman who literally stopping people as they're walking past her being like this tastes just like coke it wow. tastes just like cherry coke and I'm like John I mean she's evangelizing from the next aisle over like we have you to have try to it have to we have to try it so this is my first can. And like, let me just say, like, I'm not sure what she was on, but it was not this cherry cola sparkling water. Because like, it does That's not so taste s- like Coke. <laughs> that is so sad. Oh and my God. And for her to be truly oh, yelling about it. Yeah. Right, like I felt, I did feel gaslit and I felt like really yeah. upset about that. She She's probably one of those people that like, can it tries to convince everyone that like eating a bowl of strawberries is like the same as like having strawberry ice cream for dessert and it's like it's no, no it's just, those are just not the same like strawberries are great sure but like it is not a substitute for ice cream so she's probably, <laughs> exactly probably unfortunately in that realm which is no, a bummer you're so her. right but it no, was rude of her to bring it into your life that's just like you didn't ask for that no because you know what 
if it wasn't for this tan, I'd be at Sonic right now with my Route 44. <laughs> and I know that I'd be 10 times happier than with mm. this dumbass sparkling water. <laughs> so so um, really, truly a hit. Um, so that's tough. You know, as you can imagine, that is tough. I'm really I'm losing sleep over it. Um, Nothing worse. Another valley that I'm really going through. I don't know if you listen to the toast. I here and there I dabble. Okay, you dabble. Um, well, they're on break right now. And oh. for someone like I'm, I'm truly in my podcast era just because I mm-hmm. am like walking so much mm-hmm. that because they have like a daily show, I always mm-hmm. can put right. back on. Sure. Um, and they're taking a break, which is just, it's tough. It's tough. I'm getting creative, you know? No. Yeah. It's so hard also finding, cause I, I too, I walk a lot. I walk every single day and I you have, said, I actually, I think we all walk. <laughs> I think we all are rocking. Not me, Victoria Justice. And I'm like, <laughs> we all sing actually. So actually no, sing. but there's like three podcasts probably that I listen to religiously. And it's like, I go through those so quick each week. Cause it's like, they're an can hour each. See, can we see if we have any in the middle of our Venn diagrams? Okay. I listen to only one true crime podcast and it's murder okay. with my husband. I don't know if you're a true crime person. I used to be, and then I really mm-hmm. I fell out because the, the girlies on TikTok they they mm-hmm. got to me. They I, I I ended up on like anti um my favorite murder TikTok, and and mm-hmm. the girls got yeah me. they did yeah they got no me. I totally get that. Um, that's like the only one I listen to. I also get very paranoid from listening to true crime stuff, and like so I I have to like limit myself because otherwise I will just be an anxious wreck. Um, I listen to what we said. Do you listen to what we said? I feel like I have heard of that. Or maybe, do they have clips on TikTok that I might have seen? Um, Sometimes. They're not like a YouTube podcast, though. This it is sounds weird. familiar. <gasps> oh, 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 it's JC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, yep. Um. Yes, love their podcast. I've listened to their podcast forever. And then The Girls' Bathroom. Oh, I've never heard of that. You, that's my favorite. What I love? They're amazing. Gay? Yeah, yeah. So they're these British girls, which okay, like I'm looking them up right now. Instantly I'm obsessed. And um they just have like they basically their podcast is like a huge advice column. So people write in like every single week and they give their opinions Love. on it. And I feel like sometimes when I listen to podcasts and people are giving advice, I'm like, oh my God, that's horrible advice. Cause they're just like, you know what? Like I feel like it's awkward when it's not like your friend. So you can't be like super candid with them. It's like, this is someone who wrote into your podcast and these girls, like they, they will give it to you straight. And I love that about them. And so it's, and they have like, and people just have like these crazy stories that they write in about. It's, it's so entertaining. So I listen to those ones and they come out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I listen to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then it's like, what do I do the rest of the week? And it is so hard to like fully get into a new podcast. So I totally feel like this was my, this was my very long roundabout way of being like, I can relate to that because it's hard it's hard because like sometimes people will recommend something and it's like I listen to one episode and then I'm like Ugh, I'm just like not obsessed like I don't feel the need to like come back next week and like tune in and I feel like that's it's such a weird like hump to kind of get over is like listening and then being like wait I need to listen to more you know what I mean no you're so right okay it's like you I'm have to get used to the culture you know you like do. you have to get used to the culture of a new podcast mm-hmm. and you're like in like each podcast has such a specific vibe. It's like, is this, yeah. is this a fun one to listen to? Or like so many are just so educational and like informative and that's, there is a time and place for that. I do believe that. And then there's like, you who does it all. She does it all. Yeah. yeah. I'm out here educating and informing. Um, No, but there's some podcasts that I'm like, this just like, wouldn't be fun. If I'm like on a hot girl walk, I don't need to be listening to like a show about 
climate change no offense um like it's real sure it is i believe you um but i don't need to you know we need like i like no. i like the chill and like the good chit chat that's right. what i like mm -hmm. no i actually agree so much i agree okay so great much. thank you thank you're so happy words. we're on the same page <laughs> of course um okay now we're gonna do our pass the ox song of the week I don't have one. I'm just realizing. Would you like to start us off? What song have you been listening to? What or it wow. can be an artist or an album. It can be anything. So I'm gonna do something. And you know what? Like this is gonna make waves. Okay. It's gonna right. make waves. I'm so excited. I I wouldn't go as far as as calling myself um like a Swifty just quite yet. Sure, sure, sure. Take but your time. I I might we'll be, be getting there. No, like I might be getting there. And that I means really so much to me. <laughs> Literally. And, and here's so the thing. Much. Like, I'm getting there. And it's all because of one playlist I found. And the okay. playlist in question is literally just like the Eras Tour playlist. Mm -hmm. And I think having a little sprinkling of all of them mm -hmm. is helping. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say, like, I'm back in a Taylor Swift era. And I think, honestly, by the time... By the time um, she's back in the U.S. Part two, I'm, I might be trying to get some tickets. Who's to say? Who's to say? I love that for you. Like, yeah, that's from the, from the bottom of my heart. I love that for you. Is there like any specific song or album that's like making you be like, OK, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, okay, um, I've been I've been into reputation. Okay, I really so have. I am a tried and true reputation girly. Like that is my favorite album of all time. So you came to the right place and thank you so much for speaking your truth. Wait, can I tell you a hysterical story though? Of course. That's what this place so, is for. So I went to Belmont, which mm -hmm. is in Nashville, Tennessee. And it is I've like, I walked huge... through the Belmont campus before actually. I, when I, yeah, when I visited, I just totally cut you off. I'm so sorry. Um, no, cut when me I, off. I, I went to Nashville once when I was in college with my whole family and my mom is, she works at a high school and she's like a college counselor. So like wherever, whenever we go anywhere, she's like, I need to like walk through the campus to like get the vibe. So I can like tell oh, my students true. about it. And okay, like we not her were... being such a dedicated worker. <laughs> oh, she is. Wow. She's like too dedicated to dedicated. her craft. And we all were like this is like the prettiest campus ever and it's like so fun because it's like right in Nashville but it has like a nice campus it's just beautiful beautiful no like, great choice I, well I tell people that I went to Camp Rock because that's kind of mm. like the vibe of Belmont is like everyone there does music Love except that. for me like nay me <laughs> um but pretty much everyone is doing music and when I tell you that like you're walking to class and people are literally like sitting like on rocks just like oh my playing, god I love that like, that's just the vibe, right? And so I was a freshman in college when Reputation came out. Mm -hmm. And I remember this so vividly because it was like a huge thing and like all the freshman mm -hmm. dorms because everyone is taking like all these music business classes for the first right. time and they're all figuring out about like rights and like song rights mm -hmm. and how much people get paid from mm -hmm. Spotify. So like for that entire year, every big album that came out, me and all my friends were like, we're, we're gonna buy the CDs because we're supporting artists. So I have the reputation CD, but yes. like, but like, have I ever like taken the time to then like listen to it? Like not no. enough. No, totally. Wait, so I love what say. a full circle moment. Right. No, truly, mm -hmm. truly, mm -hmm. truly, truly. 
I love that. Um, yeah, reputation. Reputation for me as well, I don't think I appreciated it in its time because it was mm. such a curveball for Miss Taylor. And I was like, what is this? Like, why are you scary? And there's like, you're you're getting this like goth energy. And like, I don't, that's not the Taylor I know. And now in hindsight, I'm like, what a, what a point in time. And right. it's for sure my favorite album. I think my what I've been listening to a lot recently and I said this a couple weeks ago in in an episode but I've been listening to folklore a lot because it's August so I'm just like in the Mm. in that vibe and recently um recently it's been invisible string and Betty that have been really kind of taking over my aux chord personally but every song on folklore and I I said this a couple weeks ago I saw the Eras tour when it was in um Massachusetts yeah so, wow, so she's in the one percent she's in the one <laughs> percent literally am. um it was life-changing like I cannot recommend it enough like you have to get tickets um and it was it was so great but when she does because she does all of, she does her whole set by era so it's like the lover era and then she moves on to the which is so I'm sorry I'm just gonna like no we're gonna cut myself off here but her <laughs> folklore the folklore set that she did was like mm-hmm. folk folklore was an album that I was like I like it but I'm not like obsessed with it and after seeing the songs that she performed from folklore live I was like I am a, like I get it I get why people are so obsessed with this album and I, that's pretty much what I've been listening to like nonstop since I saw it live and it's game-changing so I would recommend no, yeah you're right 10 out of 10 would recommend draining your bank account to go see Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's worth it. Like we're getting there. We're getting there. Good. I love that for you. Okay. Let's dive into some other things. There's You've had a lot going on recently in your life. You've had a big year. You got married, which is congratulations. That's insane. Thank you. And Thank you. Your wedding looked so beautiful and your wedding pictures were beautiful. And I would love to cool. hear kind of about that process unless you're so sick of talking about your wedding because you're like okay we get it like oh no. we can definitely talk about okay it. amazing so I'd love to hear I kind of a lot of people had a couple of people also asked like was there anything that you did differently at your wedding especially because of your religious deconstruction journey which you've talked about sure. on TikTok so I'm kind of am loving to hear anything anything you want to share with me about your wedding oh wow okay yeah so uh just for some backstory so everyone can Mm -hmm. get like a timeline of things. Sure. I graduated with my master's in May and then literally seven days later got married. So it was like the craziest time in my life. I Yeah. Big year. Yeah. I would not recommend that timeline again. Like if I could go back, I would not do that again. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a tough time, but the wedding itself. Yeah. We definitely did some things differently because we're both, you know, kind of deconstructed Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what's hard is like growing up, I had such a vision for my wedding. I think every little girl is like marketed, you know, to think about their wedding from a very young age, Yes, even more so like in the Bible belt, Mm. like it just kind of felt like it was something that I was always working towards. Like it wasn't a question of like, if I was going to get married and have a big wedding, it was Mm. like, I am going to have a big wedding and I'm just going to pick whatever husband who's going to be there at the end of the aisle Mm. waiting for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I got to a point kind of like probably at the end of college around, or maybe not quite the end of college, but like during college, just thinking like, oh God, like I might not ever get married and I might not Mm -hmm. ever do these things. So I kind of deconstructed a lot of that stuff. Mm. So by the time I met John and we 
kind of like from the very beginning knew that we just like wanted to be together forever. Beautiful. I had to start <laughs> beautiful. Um, I had Love. to start like thinking about what I wanted our wedding to look like. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we did a lot of things that were very non-traditional. Mm. I think the one that we get the most flack from is our last names. Mm -hmm. So for context, my last name before I got married is Benson. John's last name was Schwally. And we both hyphenated our last names. And so both of us have the last name Benson Schwally King. He's a love okay. in the year of the Barbie movie. We have no choice but to celebrate it. Celebrate a hyphenated no, last literally, name. No, no choice. Literally, literally. I'm like the bar to the floor. Um, but <laughs> it was just like a really big thing that we felt like you know important that we felt was mm -hmm. important and just like a sign of like the type of wedding and marriage that we wanted to have. Right. Um, other things that we did that were non traditional. Nobody gave me away. I walked mm. my own damn self down that aisle, um, which was like a very powerful moment for me. I like, mm. I did not think in that moment that I was going to feel like such a bad bitch, but like, I really did. Like mm. I, I think just the, the act of like, I am by myself and I, I am like walking towards this person and we are both deciding that this is exactly what we want to do. And we are two equal adults. Like it just felt huge and important mm -hmm. and lovely and exciting. No, that's amazing. So, yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. And just literally every detail that we could customize, we did. Like mm -hmm. I, I told my mom, as soon as I got engaged, I said, when I'm thinking about my wedding, I want it to be so abundantly clear that people are at Abby and John's wedding. Mm -hmm. Like I did want it to be basic. I wanted everything to be so fun. So we had a bright pink cake um, oh, that was fun, petty flavored. Yeah, it was fun, fetty flavored, and it was in the shape of a heart. Um, our flowers were like so colorful. I wore colorful cowgirl boots. John wore high top vans because that's what he wears every single day of his life. Mm -hmm. Like it was just everything that we could make customizable to us, we did. And so it was I just it was a lovely, non-traditional, beautiful day. Okay. Amazing. That's like all you could ever ask for. Not me giving a TED talk on my wedding. Like, please tell no, me I, to shut my trap. No, it's quite literally what I asked you to do. So <laughs> you were you were literally just following orders, and I well, couldn't ask for anything better. Um, what was your venue like? What was what what you don't have to give me the address or anything, but but, but what was it um, like? So I felt like our venue was like a diamond in the rough. I'll tell you where or what it was. It's called Clementine Hall in Nashville, and what I loved about it is that it looked like a church like there's this huge organ and there's these like stained glass windows like it looked like a church but it's mm -hmm. just like a wedding venue mm -hmm. so it felt it felt like oh like this is a place that like it Perfect feels for a you. little bit traditional yeah like it feels mm -hmm. a little bit traditional but it's also like super non-traditional mm -hmm. and my like grandparents can think that it's a church or whatever like literally people were asking John and I do you guys go to church here I'm like, no, just, we don't go to church. Just um, gaslighting everyone into thinking this is a church. Literally, literally. I need Welcome to, to the house of God. Yeah, there you go. Literally. Take advantage. Yeah. Literally. But it was amazing. And it made our pictures just like stunning, just stunning. Mm -hmm. I love that. But yeah. Um, to kind of backtrack for a hot sec, are you from Tennessee or are you from? Yes, I'm from Tennessee. Okay. Is John from Tennessee? No, he's from Ohio. Okay. Little okay. Midwestern I'm just boy. like. 
Right, right, right. And so was he also raised really religious or was it just you? Yes. Yeah, we were both raised pretty religious. Do you want to kind of walk us through high level overview of like what's been going on with your religious beliefs I oh my gosh yes (laughs) I was saying to Abby before we started recording I'm like I love that this is our first time ever speaking and we're like let's deep dive into religion like the the most taboo topics that you're not supposed to talk about like ever and I'm like let's dive in literally um so also for context this is what I got my master's in so Mm -hmm. I educated queen yes I went to Belmont for theology and then right after my undergrad degree, I went straight into Vanderbilt Divinity School and got a master's in theological studies. So this is like my lane. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This is my lane. And I would say, oh God, I don't even know how to describe my religious journey up until this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I'll try to keep it as short as I can. And please interrupt me go through this zoom and smack me across the face and interrupt me when you have a question. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so I grew up Southern Baptist. Mm -hmm. My mom was Southern Baptist and I was raised in that. It's very traditional, very legalistic. Um, all of that. And for Mm -hmm. context, like the Southern Baptists left the regular Baptists because they wanted slavery. So like, that's the tradition there, you know? Super lovely, exciting, awesome way to grow up. Love that. So raised Southern Baptist. And then in high school, that's kind of when we saw, at least for me personally, like cropping up into like mainstream culture mm-hmm. was like cool churches, like mm-hmm. skinny yep. jeans and like, like, you know, fog machines. And like, that's when, you know, that, I don't know if you remember this, but like Hillsong is like a huge, yes, yep. huge, huge church. And like there, they had a movie made about them that was being mm-hmm. shown at like the regal down the street. Like Christianity was such a part of culture mm-hmm. in like, you know, the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And so in high school, I started going to this like really cool church mm. that was like non-denom. And I was like, so into it, so obsessed. And it's really just like Southern Baptist theology rebranded with like right. a cool guy in a fedora with tattoos, you know, <laughs> to like make it trendy. Like it's hip. Right. But it's, yeah. it's like literally the exact same theology. And so mm-hmm. I thought genuinely up until going to Belmont, mm-hmm. I thought like I was going to like go into ministry, quote unquote. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be like a pastor. Like I was, I would mm-hmm. literally, Maddie, you're not going to like this. You're not going to believe this. I would go up to people and be like, no, but like, I'm going to be a pastor. Like, even though I'm a girl, scary um and so oh my god bad vibes right and so Mm -hmm. then I went to college and through this like six-year-long journey of getting taught academically about theology Mm -hmm. like I mean all of my views changed like literally Mm -hmm. all of them I went from like a conservative little traditional girly to like the person that I am now. So it's very funny that this is the person that I am now. Um, But a lot of my content reflects my religious journey Mm -hmm. and deconstructing. um, And it's fun to do it publicly. It's fun (laughs) to go through super hard topics on a really public stage. (laughs) But I think it is, it is so important. And I'm sure there are so many other people that, are on TikTok and they might see something because maybe they're from a super religious background and they've never challenged those beliefs 
and to see someone like you challenging those beliefs and then like kind of in a lot of ways coming out the other side and being like, oh, that doesn't align mm-hmm. with who I am and that's okay. And people right. can change and people can transform because normalize changing your mind when you have more information and you grow up and you know, no, your like, frontal lobe normalize starts- change. Normalize change. change. Um, no, I love that. And I do think, I think what you talk about is so, so, so important. And you were so educated on the topic and it shows. I just wanted to like let you know that because I don't think women get praised enough for being intelligent and like you are so smart. Um, I also, no, you're so welcome. I was going to say, so I was raised Catholic. I, my parents, my mom's Catholic. My dad wasn't religious ever. And um, I grew up going to church like some, like we would go, my mom and I would go through phases where like she would take me to church like every Sunday for like a few months. And then we would kind of like fall out of it. And then, you know, we would always go on like Christmas Eve on Easter, like do, do all that. Then in, I went to public school up until high school. Then I went to an all girls Catholic high school because my mom worked there. And so she's okay, like, lady bird. <laughs> she's like, it's better education. Like you're, you're going there. And I went and it was, I like learned, you know, like you were saying academically through like the lens of Catholicism. And the thing, the thing that I didn't realize was I was learning about Catholicism and Christianity in general at a very, very liberal school in the most liberal state in the whole country. And, and then it was like, I graduated and I was like, wait a minute, Christianity isn't like that. Like, what do you, what do you mean? No, and it's I, so, it's so shocking. That, that is. is shocking. No, I know. It is because I was like, in, in my mind, I was like, oh, these people, they know what they're talking about. Like, this sounds, this all sounds good. And obviously it is still like very, like, there were certain elements that were like super strict. Like I was, I had classes taught by sisters and then I, I had, we had like a really good mix. Like all of my religion classes that I took in high school were like amazing. Like you would have loved them. I took one, one class in particular where, um, and I still like keep in contact with this teacher because she was so amazing, but she really taught me about like spirituality in general versus religion versus like strict following a religion. And, um, she had, she had said one time, she's like, no, for sure. Like God is a woman, like just for reference, like that's what I was being taught at my all girls Catholic high school. And so to leave that and then to like become an adult and be in the real world and see, you know, the political landscape of this country and how religion plays into that. And then, be like, oh my God, people don't have the same views on Christianity as I was taught. And that's shocking. No, it is. It really mm-hmm. is. And I think that that is the thing that people are scared of is like when you actually look at things from an academic standpoint, like mm-hmm. it doesn't even come close to reflecting what an actual church service on a Sunday looks like or a mass sure. on a Sunday looks like. Like mm-hmm. it does not even come close to actually like really representing that because Mm -hmm. I remember it, this actually brought my mom and I so close. And Mm. honestly, I think what has even affected her, you know, theology and her faith life is like, every time I would leave class, I would like call my mom and tell her what we talked about. She would just be like, I can't believe that. Like, that's what you guys are learning at like your private little Christian school. Mm. Mm Because Belmont at that time is like, it's still a private Christian mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. but it is like more progressive mm-hmm. and I remember telling her especially one day my professor was telling us this is my Christian doctrine professor mm-hmm. and like when you hear Christian doctrine you're like <laughs> oh that sounds bad I'm scared yeah yeah and I remember literally us sitting we were sitting in a circle and he's like 
we we were like starting a new book for that day. And he was like, mm -hmm. I remember the last time I taught this book last semester. And, you know, one of my students said that they didn't want to come to class that day that we were starting the new book because they would rather stay in their dorm and have sex with their boyfriend because that's where they felt God more is, is having sex with their boyfriend in their dorm than coming to their Christian doctrine class. Mm. And our professor is telling us this story and says, and so I responded to them in the email, of course you felt God more in the bedroom when you were having sex with your boyfriend than you did reading my, reading the book in that class. And my mom was like, <gasps> they said, what? like, it's just so to mm -hmm. me, it makes complete sense how I got to this place theologically. Cause like for six yeah. years, I'm having those conversations, like it's normal. And mm -hmm. then when I come and talk about it on TikTok, everyone's like, oh, you're, mm -hmm. you're a Christian and what? And you said mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that's funny that we both had that experience. Yeah, it is. It was shocking. And then I, I ended up going to a very small liberal arts Catholic college and same, same deal there. I had like a poetry class that was taught by a priest and he was like there, it was all women in my class because shaka there's not a lot of not a lot of guys in college looking to take poetry classes um and this, <laughs> there's and like not <laughs> crazy right um but this priest who taught our class was like so feminist he was like so progressive he was like really showing us like all these interesting works of poetry that were also progressive and feminist and it was it was just like, it was so interesting again, seeing that they're like, Oh, you're a priest, but like you have these views and th that's kind of what you're preaching to us technically in this class is these more progressive ideals. Mm -hmm. And, um, I <laughs> earlier this year, I went down, um, to South Carolina and I stayed there for a month and <laughs> so much, so much culture shock and such a small amount of time. I'm sure. It was really shocking. But one thing that I, um, noticed I, I could talk all day about the things that I noticed that I was like, people, people are still doing this. This is crazy. But I was staying in like downtown Charleston and, um, on Sunday, Sunday mornings, I would get up and I would go for a walk and I, everyone was going to church and everyone was like dressed to the nines going to church. They even had like a lot of times, which is so weird. And I'm not sure necessarily what the reasoning was behind this, but there was like cops posted up outside of the church to like, make sure everyone got, I'm like, are people oh rebelling? I, I don't know what's going on, but it was, and I like half the time I felt like people were judging me for like walking by in my biker shorts, clearly not on my way to church. And it was so interesting because that's just obviously not how it is up here at all. And I'm not used to like that culture, but it really made me think. And so many things while I was down there, um, like there's like street names named after slave owners and just like horrible mm -hmm. things where we just have not moved on they have not moved on at all and I really in that in that moment I was like it's so it makes so much sense to see if this is how you are raised and this is what you know and you never leave this bubble that you don't you don't think about it you don't challenge those beliefs you don't do that work because it's all you know and mm -hmm. I had like a lot of sympathy wait I'm, I'm not saying I had sympathy for people that no. support I actually, I, I see where you're going with this. And I actually completely agree. Yeah. There's a level yeah. of compassion. There's there a level is. of compassion. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually agree with you because I actually, I don't want to cut you off. Please keep going. No, no it's, it's totally fine. I think you have to have like a, a really, you have to have a certain level of, of strength to know this isn't aligning with me. But then it also takes this whole other element of like, when you're in that community, which I've, I've never been, so I can't relate at all. And I can't even imagine like what a lot of those people go through, but 
the bravery that it takes to then be like, okay, not only do I, cause you can, you can sit there in church every single Sunday and be like, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm aligning with this, but to actually like take the steps to like say to your family, Hey, I don't think I'm going to go to church anymore because this isn't something that I believe in. This isn't a belief system that I subscribe to anymore. I just like, can't imagine what that's like to go through when no one has done it before you that you know of, like you don't have friends that can relate to it. Like I can't even imagine that. And I personally, I don't identify with a lot of Christian values anymore because of um, the way that they are so frequently just like warped into being truly, truly evil, evil things. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I definitely identify as someone who's like super, super spiritual and like I connect a lot with like the universe and, and all of that kind of more like woo woo stuff. And my mom, who was raised very Christian, like she, her parents were a lot more Catholic than than she was as, as an adult. And I she just like completely she completely supports me. Like when I got angel numbers tattooed on my wrist, she's like, good for you. Like, love that. Like and having that support and I never questioned like oh my god is my mom gonna like think I'm weird for not because because I just didn't come from that household that it was just like totally normal to like grow up and have your own belief system and that's great and I can't imagine not having that support system and just not having anyone anyone there that can like relate to what you're going through yeah I I honestly I think I was lucky in the sense that my mom is as amazing of a person as she is, mm-hmm. she is the most amazing, compassionate person I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I think she gave me a lot of permission mm-hmm. growing up. Like, yes, I was very heavily, like raised very heavily religious, but mm-hmm. like, she also gave me permission to explore. Like, I like, for example, the, the church that I went to in high school that I was saying was a non-denom church. I went there completely by myself. Like mm-hmm. my mom stayed at her Southern Baptist church. Gotcha. And so I like, she has very much like given me the opportunity to like figure this out for myself. So I do think that it's been easier with her, but I think for a lot of people, that's what I was saying. Like earlier, I knew what you meant with that compassion as- aspect of mm-hmm. it. Like when that's the only way you're raised, mm-hmm. like it can feel as though, and I, I'm hesitant to like co-opt this language, but it feels almost like you have to come out as non-Christian. Mm-hmm. Like it, it like right. it feels like that right. serious, right? Like it, like it literally feels like you are Christian unless proven otherwise, right. and unle- unless you tell us, like you're just gonna be Christian, right? And you have to like make it abundantly clear, and it has to be a whole thing, which it it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? It doesn't right. have to be this end all be all part of your identity. But mm-hmm. growing up in that setting, I'm sure that's how it feels. Oh yeah, absolutely, and like even still, like. There are so many people in John and I's personal life who think mm-hmm. that we are batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, they just know that this is the path that I went down. And so now they've mm-hmm. accepted it. Like, mm-hmm. there are still a lot of people who are like, I can't believe that you guys post this. I can't believe that you still don't go to church. I just don't get it. I'll never understand it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I continue to post about it online is mm-hmm. because I know that I have the strength because of my six years of education, Mm -hmm. I have the strength to say like, okay, you guys think that I'm batshit crazy. Like, that's super awesome. I'm like, that's not going to change my day-to-day life at all. Right. And I feel, I feel for the people who get told they're batshit crazy and then go, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's why I enjoy having a platform to talk about this stuff. Cause if someone, you know, 
not to be so cliche like if it helps one person but like kind of like <laughs> but actually... it is true it's true yeah no yeah. I so totally get that yeah religious deconstruction is hard because it is so interwoven into every aspect of life especially mm-hmm. in the south that mm-hmm. you almost can't even like detangle like what is culture and what is Christianity and what is my family and what is society? Like you Mm -hmm. can't even untangle it all, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I truly like, I can't, I can't fathom those people that are like having the thoughts and they're like, I just don't know what to do about it. Which brings me to my next question. If you had like one tip for someone who is maybe kind of like, I, I get what you're saying. I hear you. I I'm on the same page. Now what? Yeah. Like what is something that you would recommend to someone? So this is probably not this is just coming up for me now. I cannot believe that I'm about to say this, but I honestly believe that the first part of religious deconstruction is actually having a good self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And like here is what I mean by this. Because so much of the way that I was raised was like, I always had to look for my knowledge outside of myself. Mm. Like I church told me the Bible has all the answers or the pastor has all the answers or like even in college, like my professor has all the answers. Mm -hmm. And I think that a huge part of religious deconstruction is finally saying like, or maybe I am built with my knowing already inside of me. And I don't have to look to anyone else to tell me what I know about God. Because if it is true that I am made in the image of God, that is something that I hold to be true, then I have a little bit of divinity in me and I just have to find it. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's more of like a self-esteem, like you have to learn how to trust yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. and even, even to me, like there have been people in my DMs, how do I do this? How do I do this? Like looking to me for every single question and answer. I'm like, I, I can't be your pastor. I can't Mm be like, For me, the whole part of religious deconstruction is saying like, I'm taking someone off a pedestal Mm -hmm. and I'm like kind of putting myself on there. Mm -hmm. Like I am my church. I am my pastor. I am the person like by which my divinity is experienced, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would Mm -hmm. say if you're on this path, the best thing you can do is work on trusting yourself, work on liking yourself, work on becoming a person that you can trust so that when you get to a point where you have to trust your own instincts, you have something mm-hmm. to fall back on, you mm-hmm. know? Totally. I love that. Um, another question just that like, some people, sorry, no go. Oh, I was just going to say, and also just like being unbothered. Like you just have to be unbothered mm-hmm. if you're going to deconstruct. It's none of your business what people think of your deconstruction yeah. at all. You just have to be unbothered. Yeah. Um, one other question that I'd seen a couple of people ask is talking to your family about deconstructing and like I'm curious I know you said that you had your mom had kind of like given you that permission to kind of be your own person Mm -hmm. which is beautiful and a lot of people obviously might not have that same relationship with their parents or their family is there any advice that you would give to people in regards to those conversations It's hard because I'm, I'm still even like having them. Like I'm even mm-hmm. still in the middle of it with some people. Okay. Sorry. My cat <laughs> is like literally being so annoying. Um, <laughs> my advice for people who are about to have conversations with your family. Um, 
Okay, okay. Ask. Can you ask me another question next, and we go back to that? I like don't sure. even know how to begin to answer that. <laughs> sure. I'm curious about your relationship to. I don't really know how to word this. I guess just kind of like feminism in general through the lens of religion and kind of how mm. maybe your mindset has shifted. I'm asking really hard questions for like no reason by the no, way. Ask, <laughs> them. ask them. I'm I'm just like kind of curious about that because I think that is another thing that like when especially when you study theology, you you know that like a lot of what's entrenched in that is like inherent sexism and like the patriarchy and all of that. So how did you kind of navigate because I know that you are a feminist queen and I would just love to kind of hear about that that journey through religion yeah what's funny is I think that okay here's what I'll say so when I was in high school and thought that I was going to be a pastor Mm -hmm. I had been sold this like pseudo version of feminism by Mm. that specific non-denom church that was like see the world treats women like shit but here you can be a you can be a pastor like obviously not a head pastor because that's still for the men but like Mm. you can be a different type of pastor Mm -hmm. you can still teach and preach and do ministry and like god calls women to do that and so i had this almost like introduction to -hmm. feminism by the church but in this very backhanded way Mm -hmm. totally um Kind of felt gaslighty mm-hmm. and it almost felt like to fit in I had to like read between the lines like oh mm-hmm. other churches don't let women do this but we believe that when you look at this verse that it you know it was mm-hmm. very much like it you had to read between the lines to find the feminine right and then, right and then I went to college and I think it became abundantly clear to me like there are parts of the bible that are sexist and misogynistic and patriarchal because the time period was sexist and misogynistic Mm -hmm. and patriarchal. Mm -hmm. But I think what's so beautiful about the story of Jesus is that I think Jesus is a feminist times 10. Like I I have written a thousand papers about Jesus being a feminist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I believe some things to be true about God. Like if, like, if God is real, I think God is love. If God is real, I think God stands on the side of equality. If God is mm-hmm. real, God stands with those on the margins. Mm-hmm. And so because I believe those things to be true, I think because of that's how I see God. And because of that's how I see Jesus, I think my feminism now in regards to theology, isn't so much, oh, I have to read between the lines to find it. And it's like, this weird like sus thing or backhanded thing. It's more just like so obvious and like a punch in the face and almost Mm -hmm. like to me, like you can't call yourself a Christian without also calling yourself a feminist. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. to me, like those words should be synonymous, but Mm -hmm. because they've been so not like that's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get at. It's like repairing that. that chasm, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, and I think that's like so big too, especially like, like I was saying when I like grew up, so to speak, and then I like saw the world and I saw how religion, just religion in general is like so weaponized, especially uh-huh. through like a political lens and everything. And it's just like, that's not what this should be about. And that's like, so it's so frustrating to see it be be used in that way I'm sure especially to you as someone who has like studied it so intensely um but no I I I couldn't agree more I think that makes a lot of sense 
like you can imagine my shock when on my for you page or yeah this week I'm sure you saw this too that pastor with a bible on the end of a bat did you see this no oh my god mama so I'm on the side of TikTok where people make fun of weird ass pastors. Mm-hmm. And there was a pastor who was doing an anti Barbie movie sermon. And he had a Barbie dream house like brought onto the stage. And he oh had God. this like, bat and he duct taped a Bible on the end of this bat and starts beating the Barbie dream house with this Bible on a bat. Oh. And it's like when I see, no, literally it's like when I see crazy stuff like that, mm. I'm, I'm just like, like literally speechless like literally rendered speechless and that's what I'm like no because you guys are gonna have to atone for that much more <laughs> than like the drag queens from no, Pride. oh so true you know what I mean so like, fucking you guys true. are gonna have yeah. to atone for that <laughs> yeah no and I think did you see the Barbie movie you did right oh of course yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so one thing like I because I waited like a week to see the Barbie movie. So I had seen a lot of like feedback in general from people. And I had seen a lot of, you know, outcries of how it's like anti-men and it's like so extremely feminist. And I just like, and so I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm like actually curious to see how hard they hit. And I thought it was very tame and in that sense. I was about to say, I saw a lot more negative reviews that were like, it didn't go hard enough. (laughs) Right, right. And I I, I remember thinking, and I think they did a really good job focusing not only on like women's empowerment, but also just like equality in general, like which is what feminism is, that like men and women are equals. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And they did a really good job of like driving that home. And so it's so sad and like really scary and kind of dangerous to see people being like, no, this is horrible. And this is such an extremist view and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, at its core, we're just talking about equality. And like, if you think that that is like a super, a super like alt left thing, then that's like really like we have lost the plot. We have really lost the plot. No, literally, no, literally. And that's like also making me think of like, I swear to God, like Jesus is too liberal for people. Mm-hmm. Like to bring it full circle. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like when these things start looking radical, mm-hmm. that's like what should scare us all. Right. No, literally. And I, I, I feel like I've seen so many um TikToks too, like you like you were saying, talking about how like if Jesus were in society today he would be like fucking Bernie Sanders. Like he would be that, he would be so progressive. He would be so like, he'd be feeding the poor. He would be advocating for like welfare systems and for equality and like all of that. And I think I I just, I just want people to see that and to get there mentally. And it's just, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really it tough, is tough because I think all of us have, all of us see ourselves not as the villain. Mm-hmm. And like, so when they read the Bible, these people who were all imagining sitting in like these white people in these white churches mm-hmm. um, in these white cities are going to their Sundays, like their Sunday you know, service each week. And when they hear about these uber religious people that Jesus spoke out against, they don't imagine themselves mm-hmm. because rarely are Christians asked to look at the Bible in like its context. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. look at who Jesus was in his context. And then we can look at it as like who we can be in our context. Like, mm-hmm. there's such a lack of 
actual engagement with the text mm. that I, I can't even, I can't even handle. I can't even handle. Can't no, even handle I, I get that. Cause I feel like they just see it as like a set of rules and it's like, we'll just like follow the rules and we don't need to, to read deeper into it. Right. Is, and that's why I'm here. Right. Cause that's just lazy on their part. Honestly, getting just lazy. <laughs> it is giving lazy and I don't love that. Getting lazy. Um, yeah. Let's transition to finish let's. up to chat about um just kind of confidence in general people have been asking about confidence and kind of post-grad life and I would also just so you just graduated with your master's in May so you're like yeah. post, post-grad you're a new post-grad in that sense because you're done with school yes. for the time being how does that feel yeah. where where are you at oh my gosh well yeah it feels weird not being in school especially now that it's like the end of August I know and it is weird people are in school it feels really weird Mm -hmm. but I will say I have always like looked forward to this time like even Mm -hmm. being in grad school I would think about like oh my god I can't wait to be done I can't wait for it to be summer I can't wait to whatever um and so now like yes it feels weird but also it's like so nice knowing that I'm I don't have to go to class Mm-hmm. I don't have to write a paper. Yeah. I don't have to take notes. Like mm-hmm. it's just stuff like that is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So yeah, that's how I'm feeling post-grad. Um, about the confidence. What was the question again? Sorry. Just people were, people wanted us to kind of just chat about confidence in general. And I sure. was kind of interweaving it with like being post-grad and like, I think sure. there's huge transition period. Obviously I graduated college three years ago now. Um, and, and it feels, I still feel like I'm in that transition period. And like, there's just always so much going on. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it also does come back to self-esteem kind of full circle. Like we were talking about earlier and just like, for me, it's like knowing in, in myself that like, I can, I can handle it you know and even if that's not true it's a lie we tell ourselves that helps us sleep at night which is a beautiful thing <laughs> a no, beautiful thing but I think I think people don't give themselves enough credit when it comes to like oh my god what am I gonna do like I need to get a job I need to you know find an apartment I need to do all of these things and I think it's important to remember that like you are a very capable human being and like you can mm-hmm. you can literally do hard things like to quote who said that people Glennon. can do hard things yeah um you can do hard things and I think that that's people forget that because they're like oh just yeah. like, everything's so hard and overwhelming and I'm just like this little and it's like no you're a person you can do this right. I have full faith in right you. well I think yeah to those people who are feeling that way like of course you feel that way like yeah. it's so much at once yeah and like the need to want to fix it and get everything Mm. all together. Like also, of course you feel that way because Mm -hmm. we have been sold like urgency. We've been sold Mm -hmm. urgency as like a state of mind that we need to be in all the time. Figure it out, figure it out. Right. And it's like, when I am moving through the world in a state of urgency, like I am missing so much, which Mm. is what I think like capitalism thrives off of. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if, if I had just graduated school and I just need to get the first job that comes by and I just need to say yes to the fastest department that I can get, like you're not giving yourself permission to be picky. Mm-hmm. And so I think just release, release the need to have everything figured out on a timeline. Mm-hmm. I think that something also that has given me peace, like post religion 
is mm. just this sense of like trust in the universe. Because mm. I think I used to be like, oh, I need to pray for it if I want it. And now I'm just like, okay, like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like I've spent the last three months unemployed and I mm -hmm. start my new job tomorrow. It has been so hard feeling like I'm a failure. Like I'm not doing things in the timeline that I'm supposed so to. So relatable. Yeah, that I should have a job by now. And I'm like, okay, or not. Or I've been sold a lie by capitalism mm -hmm. that I need to have a job right now. And like, sure, like financially, it's yeah. it sucked. Like, right. my, you know, John and I have been living on one paycheck. Mm -hmm. And so like, now it's exciting that a new job is gonna, you know, mm -hmm. be starting and whatnot. But yeah, I think you just have to relinquish that sense of urgency totally. so that actually what can fall in place can actually fall in place. I completely agree. I've talked a lot about how um, it's weird because up until you kind of graduate college, I think for a lot of people, your friends' lives look the same as yours. It's like we all mm. go to high school and we then we do like sports after school and then we and then we graduate high school, then we go to college and we all kind of are living the same lives. And then it's like you graduate college and all of that changes. Like we are about the same age and you are living yeah. with your husband in Nashville <laughs> and I am living right. in my parents' house and I'm unemployed. And it's like people just start to live very different lives. And I think it's so we're so used to living the same lives as people we know and like kind of just going through those. No, emotions. that's literally such a, that's such a good point. Yeah. It's like, it, this it's, is the first time that we're actually dealing with comparison on like a mm -hmm. macro level. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, Oh, she's wearing a shirt that I want. Right. Right. Today. It's like life choices and like the way right. that your life looks. Yeah. And I think it's so easy also to kind of be like, Oh, all of my friends or like all the people I went to college with are doing this. They're living in this place and they're working these kinds of jobs. And I'm going to do that because I don't know anything different. And like, I feel like I should. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to, for, for me, this happened during COVID because I graduated literally May of 2020. And it was like a big, a big time for like change. And also just kind of be like, what do I want in my life? And I think the fact that it happened in a time where like the world was literally closed was like actually so helpful for me. Cause I like had a pause and I was like, what do I want my life to look like? And I realized it wasn't, if COVID hadn't happened, like I would fully be, my life would be so different because I would have just gone the path of what so many other people were doing. And like a lot of people thought I was crazy for like waiting for a job that actually was aligned with where I wanted to be mm -hmm. and obviously and I've said this so many times but like I had the privilege of that because I live with my parents and I'm not like I'm not like scrounging for for money for rent and everything and that's beautiful and I'm so blessed for that to be my situation but um it's important to like make sure that you like your life too and not just to get there and I think people don't take that into account enough because like you said it's this urgency it's like I need to take whatever's going to happen and I just need to like if, if they're offering me a job, I'm going to take it. If this place is working out because this girl needs a roommate, sure, I'll just go there and I won't even like read into it or whatever. It's like you also have to be like, is this going to make me happy? And there's it's hard because I think there's also a sense of like, maybe not, but like you can live with it for a little bit and kind of like see what yeah. comes of it. And I think it's so it's all kind of like a spectrum. It's definitely and it's, a balance. It's, it totally is. And I think um but it's so easy to just like compare yourself to other people. And I think it's also important to remember that if when you see other people that are where you think you want to be, 
probably they're probably not living their best lives like because no one no one is all the time a hundred percent you know what I mean and I think it's so easy to be like oh they're working for a cool company and like they live in this beautiful apartment and they are in this um beautiful relationship and be like oh I want their life and it's like "Mm, do you because you you don't know what that looks like and you know I've had my I've had friends that work like really really successful jobs and they don't love it and they're like miserable and they dread going to work every day and it's like would I trade being unemployed for like being miserable every single day Mm -hmm. from like nine to five no because that's not life either so no it's it's all it's all so subjective and I I think just give yourself peace for where you're at that's my spiel (laughs) any comments no like that was so good no that was literally (laughs) so good I actually at points like forgot that we were like recording and I was just being like, no, like she's actually like spitting bags. So that was like really beautiful. That was really beautiful. Thank you so much. Honestly, just to speak to um, something that you said, because I feel like I can like talk about confidence with it too. But Mm -hmm. how you were saying, like there are so many people that have things that were like, oh, I just want to get to where they are. They have this like Mm -hmm. perfect relationship or whatever. I have only really understood it as well as I do now because of my platform. And I'm sure you can Mm. attest to this too. But before having a platform on TikTok, I really had so many parasocial relationships with people and felt like I knew so many things about them. Mm -hmm. And it's now only that I'm on this side of things. And even though I post a lot more than a lot of other people, like I post Mm -hmm. multiple times a day. Yeah, um, We both do multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. Even with that, there is still like so much in my day to day that no oh. one will mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And like, even down to John and I, like John and I, so many people are like, oh my God, relationship goals, whatever. And I'm like, okay, but you don't know that we like fought today. Right, and I'm also right. not one of the, I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, okay, like we just fought and like, here's a TikTok video about what John did wrong. <laughs> right, right. Like, right. I'm not going to be one of those type people either. It's so, it's I, so true. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's nice to keep, in mind that like truly mm-hmm. there's so much more happening behind the scenes mm-hmm. and I don't think I fully actually understood it until being on this side of things it's kind of like you know how parents will be like you'll never know what it's like to mm-hmm. love a child until you have mm-hmm. one like mm-hmm. I don't think I understood the severity of like parasocial relationships until I was on the other side of them same that's so true but it's it, and I and feel it that is. Way. no please go no, no shut, me go. Up. shut no, me up no no you were like you were onto something and I want to hear it. Right. No, because I was like literally about to change a subject. So shut my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say like, you know, my TikToks, like not my therapy sessions, because like, that's how I feel. It's like, and mm-hmm. even I, I talk about, because I am unemployed, I was laid off earlier this year and I'm like looking for jobs. And I do talk about that to some extent. And I know you did too. You were talking about like being like looking for jobs and like kind of career stuff. I, and it, I regretted that. I actually regretted talking really? about it. Oh, that's yes. interesting. I would love to well, get people, into that offline. People, well, I can tell you online, Mama. <laughs> okay, okay, um, great. <laughs> people, people want you to be relatable. Mm. Like they say that, but they really don't actually. Because I decided to share more about my unemployment recently because I started getting like actually more annoyed mm-hmm. to where I was like, oh no, I'm like actually doing the most and still not hearing back from things. And so I, it's the same thought that I have about deconstruction. Okay, I'm going through this thing maybe other people too, maybe mm-hmm. other people are too. Let's sure. just like all talk about it. Yeah. But what me talking about unemployment, what that actually turned into was me getting comments like, 
Oh, so we're posting TikToks instead of applying to jobs. Oh, but mama, what happened? No, literally. Oh, mama, like, are we, did we apply to any jobs today? And it turns into this thing. I hope you were blocking. Oh, girl, you know that nothing has ever stood between me and the block button. <laughs> no, same. And same. Nothing. And I live by that and I always have block. Nothing. <laughs> block. Block.